Welcome to the Get It Done Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Ryan. I help people get it done in the sense of achieving their dreams of home ownership. Getting it done can mean so many things. It can come in all shapes and sizes. This podcast is about that central theme, getting it done, whatever that may be. In the future, we're going to have guests talk about their own personal experiences in getting it done, how they overcame adversity to achieve their dreams. Once again, I'm Jimmy Ryan, and I'll be your host, and this is our story. All right, we are recording. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Get It Done podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Ryan, and today we have Corey Talaska. Corey is a icon agent at EXP Realty. She is a veteran, and she is someone that uh, I will I would call a friend. Uh, well, Corey, welcome to the Get It Done podcast. Thanks, Jimmy. Good to be here. And, and this is uh, Blue. Is, what, what's what's the dog's name? This is my newest rescue. Her name is Blue. Uh, that's cool. Rescue does uh, does 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 Blue have a story? Uh, well, she's a little bit of a crazy girl. Um, she's from Michigan, so she was actually named after the Michigan Colors. Her and her sister, who did not get along very well. So I have Blue here in my family. She wants to go look out the window, so I'm going to let her go. Um, All right, sounds good. Yep, there she goes. So you may see them periodically because I'm a dog mom. I got two Bostons here. So they're very curious about who this guy is on my screen right now. That. <laughs> That's that's totally acceptable. That's fine. And to all the video watchers, we have just a dog on the screen, uh, Blue. And uh, Corey, uh, what would you add to my intro for you? Uh, you know, icon agent. That's that's really cool. What does that mean to I guess to the average person? And uh, and and what does it mean to be a veteran? So when I guess are you speaking veteran as in my military experience yeah. or veteran in real estate? I don't know. I, don't, I mean, kind of both. I mean, to be an icon agent, you're kind of like, I mean, it's not like you've been doing this for three years and you're an icon agent and you can say you're a veteran, but maybe you kind of can. I don't know. But, but it, I know you haven't. I know you've been doing this for a while. But I guess, yeah, I want to expand on all of them. What does it mean? Let's start with icon agent. What does it start? What does it mean to be an icon agent? So icon agent is something that is very specific to the brokerage that I am affiliated with, which is actually an agent-owned brokerage. So I can say that I own part of this brokerage that I am now a part of that is all around the world, the fastest growing brokerage out there right now ever, basically breaking all kinds of records. But Icon Agent is when you first you have to hit your cap, um, which is paying in $16,000 to our brokerage. Okay. And that comes from an 80-20 split and you have one year to basically um, hit those goals. So the first goal is capping, paying that $16,000 in. And once you hit that, now you're getting your 100% commission. And after that, your next goal is hitting icon agent, which is about 20 more transactions after you cap. And then you basically get paid back your $16,000 that I paid in. I get that back in our stock, which is a publicly traded stock for EXP. It's called EXPI. So. Um, basically I get, I don't really pay my brokerage anything to work for them all year. They pretty much pay me. So as long as I do what I was already doing and producing at the, the same volume, um, then I should hit those goals every year. That's pretty cool. I mean, it sounds like, I, and I've 
I have a lot of friends who work at EXP and I mean, pretty much everybody says the exact same thing. They absolutely love it. And, and it's a really cool thing when you cap and it's a really cool thing when you, you know, hit icon and that's just, uh, that's a, that's a neat thing. And I, I'm sure that it's just a loaded question to ask you about being a veteran, but um, I think, I think let's eventually take it there. And I, I like to set this up by, you know, like here, look, you've made it to this icon agent status, which is so cool, you know, and a lot of people don't make it, you know, I mean, it, it, so it is a big thing and there's a great story there, but we like to hear the come up story, the what led you to be this person that you are today. And I use the Elon Musk story, I use it with everybody. So like Elon Musk has a story from uh, making it being worth a million dollars to being worth a billion dollars. I'm more concerned with the zero to a million. Uh, So I like to start with where were you where were you born? I was born in West Dallas, Wisconsin. Born and raised. My parents still live in the same house that I grew up in, um, in a great little neighborhood. So um, yeah, I've lived there my entire life. Been here in Milwaukee, and um, I, I love it. Everything except for winter is my favorite. You know, I, I hate winter, so every other season is great. So I'm pretty jealous of you over there with the palm trees in the background in that picture, even though it's a picture, it still I, is gorgeous. And you just have to step outside and they're in your front yard. So it's legit paradise. I know it really is. It's sad, but you were just here too. I mean, it's not like you didn't get a chance to enjoy some, you know, beautiful paradise sunshine. Oh yeah. But, I, I definitely crashed in on my friends that made the smart decision to move there five years ago, anytime. So I'm like, Hey, it's starting to get cold out guys. I'm coming. <laughs> How's my room? <laughs> I mean, you could always be an agent down here too. I mean, have yeah. you ever thought about that? Oh yeah. I actually That's started the- uh, my Florida license courses. Um, I was working on them actually when I left my prior brokerage. And then unfortunately I had a pretty tough ter- transition to EXP. Yeah. So I kind of let go of my classes, but I'm definitely planning on completing them because I have a, my friend who does live down there and near the Tampa area. She just signed up for her courses. So she's going to be joining me at EXP in just a few short months. So cool. I was actually going to take the courses with her at the same time. Um, but instead, I'm just going to work on my broker's license first. But as soon as I lock that up, which I'm pretty much almost done with those courses, I'll be taking that test soon. And then um, I will be working on my Florida license because I need to be where you are when it's warm. Like, yeah, I mean here, what, so like just temperature considerations here, what we're recording this, it's super cold out. Um, what, uh, what is the temperature right now outside by you? I would say it's maybe in the thirties. It's a little bit warmer today. I'm in Fort Myers beach and that's, uh, it's about 75 and just sunny. It's just like an absolutely like beautiful day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I was actually just there, um, one of my parents' good friends who actually referred me a, an awesome sale on the east side this year for a property he was kind of taking care of for um, this older woman, actually, that lives in another state, her and her husband. So he's kind of the caretaker of this property, but he has a property down um, by St. Pete's, by Treasures Island. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Love that. Yeah. So that was, I really kind of fell in love with that location when I was just there. So I've already kind of planted that seed and he's talking about doing flips. So we're, it's coming. I'll be there soon. I mean, that's, a, that's an epic area, an epic, um, just, it'd be a cool transition for you to come all the way down here. Yeah. Uh, talk about growing up in West Dallas in cold, cold winter West Dallas. Yeah. What were your so, parents like? What, what did they do that, that they're um, still there today? 
Yeah, my parents. So my dad, um, he is a badass. I know I'm not, not sure if I can say that word or not, but he- We have explicit on every single one. Almost everybody swears, so you're okay. Do, okay go, good. Go, That's go, tough go. for me not to. Um, so he was a, he's a Vietnam vet. So he was actually there for 18 months as a tunnel rat and a door gunner. So that's wow. kind of where I got my um, idea to join the military was because of, of him. And I went right out of high school. So I just, I watch, always watched him with both my parents worked really hard as I grew up. So, um, you know, we didn't have a lot of money or anything like that, but they always made sure that our education was taken care of. And, and now it's my turn to reciprocate that and take care of them basically. So yeah, my dad has worked, he worked real hard. Um, that job he did in the military, he, the life expectancy was two weeks. So, um, he did it for 18 months. Wow. Um, so it was pretty crazy. Uh, but he's, he's great. And both of my parents are, are awesome. They're both retired now. Um, what did, so, did he, was he in the military as a career? No. So he was drafted. Okay. And uh, basically they give you the choice, either you can leave or you can do uh, three full tours of six months and then you would be completely out of the military. And that's what he chose to do because he wasn't quite phased by the craziness that was thrown at him being a guy who was maybe five foot seven and 125 pounds. It was, hey, can you just go dive in that tunnel and hopefully you don't blow up? Yeah, right. Or basically, can you just go take your rifle and sit in that Blackhawk and just shoot? So it was pretty crazy, you know, the experiences and I, you know, I just kind of wanted to follow in that, that path as, as much as I could, because I really wasn't too sure what I wanted to do after high school. Come here. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I could only imagine the, the stories that, that he has and how that would influence you. What did your mom do? Uh, so my mom, she was working at Miller when I was born. Um, she always did secretary jobs, so she was kind of an administrative assistant there, and then she worked for a builder for many years. So um, basically, she did that, and then my dad was, he was an electrician besides with the military. Okay. So signs like like the Catholic Knights building downtown, my dad actually rappelled over that building to change those neon signs. He's kind of crazy like that. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he's just like, yeah, whatever, I'm going to go do that. Well, yeah, it doesn't really phase you when you, you know, we're jumping out of Blackhawks in Vietnam. So what's the difference? Right, for sure. I mean, like, it's probably actually, it's like, this is, this is kind of safe, you know? I mean, yeah. I'm strapped in, nobody's shooting at me. It's all good. Totally. It's kind um, of like a comfort zone. What was growing up like in the Talaska house? Oh, so I have one brother. He's four years younger than me. Um, it was, we got, we got along for the most part, definitely. Um, we get along really good now still, but my dad has lots of siblings. So I have lots of, lots of family on the Talaska side, um, lots of craziness going on, but I would, wouldn't have it any other way. So, but it was, it was a very good, good home life for sure. And my parents are still married. It's been almost 50 years. So. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. And 50 years and in the same house for, I mean, is it about as long? Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they didn't have me until they were like 27, a little bit older. So yeah, they lived in the house, like I want to oh. say a couple of years before. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, uh, did you go to MKE public schools? 
So I went to St. Aloysius, which is on 92nd in Greenfield. So I did go to a private school. I had to okay. wear a uniform for many years and um, I loved it. I mean, my eighth grade class had 13 people. So it was very, um, it was very small, but I can say that I probably still talk to almost all those people from my grade school. It's, it's pretty cool. It's a great, you know, relationship to have and still have. So say what the place is called again. St. Aloysius. It was known as St. Al's, but I know a few years ago they had to combine with a few other schools. Okay. Um, so the church is still called St. Aloysius there on the corner. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, that's kind of, that, that's kind of unique. I mean, to go to a private school, especially with only 13 people. Was that like, I mean, and, and you're in West Dallas, so I mean, you're kind of in the heart of, of Milwaukee. You know, I mean, it's kind of weird to be in a private school, is it not? I mean, because there's just so many people all around all the time and you have 13 people in your class. Yeah, I mean, you know, this was kind of a while ago, <laughs> but yes, it was, I mean, I think it was better though, because then you really had more, I don't know, more focus on you and you're, you're, you weren't lost in the crowd basically. So I felt like my education was really, really good. I mean, some of the, the nuns may not have liked me too much, but you know, everyone goes through that phase in life where you have to pull a fire alarm or something. I mean, I, I, yeah. It, it, was that did you do that in high school or was that is that grade school oh, that's grade school so you pulled time. the fire alarm in grade school were yeah. you I would have been terrified of that I was kind of like the kid that had to touch anything and I wouldn't have even touched the fire alarm are you kidding me and at a 13 person school like oh who did it well yeah was it I mean, was it totally like yeah it was Corey I mean yeah it was me it, it was fine <laughs> <laughs> things happen you know I think I missed out on a really cool field trip because of that but whatever <laughs> whatever I mean yeah, yeah I, I okay that's 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 funny what was uh anything else memorable from that time in your life or take us to high school high school I went to West Dallas Central uh high school is was not like it is now. I feel like now it's like this crazy fashion show with all these kids. It's kind of mind blowing to see what some of these girls are wearing. When I was in high school, it was, we didn't care what we looked like. It was just to have fun and, you know, kind of party. It was like, I don't know, just very different. So I loved, I'm still really close with all my high school friends also. Um, actually, it's crazy how people come back around, you know, full circle. I have a few people that are working on their license now that are, you know, excited to join me and what I'm doing. Um, they see That's how neat. much I love the brokerage that I'm at. And it's just crazy how people really just, they can see your happiness. So. Well, it's cool. Good. Well, so, okay. West Dallas central, you're, you, you, you come out being the naughty kid at the, um, St. Ellie wishes and, I mean, were you still kind of like the bad kid in, in high school or no? Uh, no. I mean, I would say no. Not really. I, I guess it depends who you ask. <laughs> well, well what did you do? Did you get into any sports or anything? Or what? Uh, yeah. So I was a gymnast growing up. Um, I don't If you don't know me, I'm, I'm only barely five feet tall. So I'm not the tallest of them. Um, so, yeah, I was a gymnast uh, probably until I was about 13 or 14 years old. And then... Uh, uh, and didn't really play too many sports in high school. It was just not, I didn't really, you know, I wasn't too tall for basketball. It was, I was just the gymnast. And then I had gotten injured though, when I was 18 or I'm sorry, when I was in eighth grade, um, from all the backflips, I had to have some knee surgeries. So kind of put a, 
little halt on my gymnast career, but it's it was okay. So it was fine. Right. I loved it. All right. Well, uh, a lot of times people have like a moment in high school where like they were going one way and then they ended up going a complete different way. Do you have any, do you have any moment like that, uh, growing up? Uh, I would say in high school, um, I kind of drank a lot. I would say yeah. <laughs> I drank a lot before. Well, I would say it was more like my senior year. Um, and then I kind of, everyone was kind of trying to figure out what they were going to do and nobody really had any plans. And I was like, well, I'm going to join the army. So I'm going to, I'm out of here, you guys. I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to go do this. And that's, that's honestly what I did. I went right out of high school. Um, that October I shipped out to basic training. So, um, I guess that's, it wasn't maybe during high school that I had that. It was like at the end, like, what am I going to do? Am I going to go this way and stay here and keep partying? Or am I going to go do something with my life? So. Okay. So that's cool. Did you end up like that all your friends were doing that too? And it was kind of like that, like the peer pressure type of thing. You're just, you're part of it. And then you just kind of broke free with, you know, enlisting or was it like, I guess, was it just a choice that you made? It was a choice I made. Nobody, nobody joined with me or anything like that. Um, so I, that was my first time even on a plane was when I went to basic training. My first time flying was going to an, a location I didn't know anything about. It was a little scary. I'm not going to lie. You get off the plane and I'm like, okay, well now what? And then that was it. it was, and you're probably uh, with like a ton of like big, huge dudes too. Like, I mean, right. Or, or I mean, you're, you're right. You're five foot tall. I mean, like there's just like, right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I went in there weighing a hundred pounds and I honestly came back weighing 140 from all the muscle that I gained because the basic training was pretty intense. So I didn't really slack on that. I, I went full force. Um, and let me tell you, it was, it was pretty nuts. I couldn't even fit into my jeans when I got home from all the running or anything. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> well, tell us about your military career. What, uh, after basic training, what, what happens? Do you just kind of like, I don't know, get, thrown into a lump of people or do you got to get to specify what you want to do or yeah what do do? so when you sign up basically it's you go to your basic training but you also test to see what you're going to fit in for for your career in the military and I knew I wanted to be in the medical field at that point so I went into um, I was actually just in there for medical supply is what I went in for and then I was also working as a medic um, after that I kind of branched out um, so I was in the military. I was in the army for four years and then I ended up cool. getting in a pretty bad car accident and I ended up getting a discharge because of that with four years in. So I was reserves. Um, had I done it again, I would have went active duty because I felt like the reserve route was a little bit boring to say the least. Um, the best part about it, I love my basic training and then the advanced individual training is what you do after that which is when I went down to Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio and I trained for my medical part. So there was two portions of the training that we did. Um, so I was finally done. I want to say in like May of the next year of 1998, it was so not to date myself, but there it is. Well, whatever. I mean, that's, that's cool though. So you, you basically you get trained to do what you want to do and you become a medic. What, what, what do you end up, I guess, where do you go from there? Is it more of like, are you going, are you, are you going to be in an ambulance type of a thing? Or is it like, I guess, what, what were you, what was your goal? 
So that's where it kind of swung back around to, I wish I had kind of done this full time because it was a, I was a weekend warrior, they called it. And I went over to the base. It was the 452nd on 54th and Silver Spring is where I went once a month to do my training or up to Fort McCoy for two weeks. Um, but we didn't, there wasn't much going on back then, to be honest, it was pretty quiet. So we didn't, I did a lot of uh, weapons cleaning. Um, we did a lot of PT, which is our physical training. Uh, but we didn't, I didn't really get to utilize what I trained for in the military. And that's where kind of, I was a little bit like, uh, you know, do I want to stay in the reserves or do I want to go active? But then at that point I just decided to, um, go to college. And that's when I started to work on my, my career in the medical field. Cool. So college, I mean, do a lot of people do that? Just get in the military and then basically that's get out, get out, go to college and do whatever it is. I mean, that was kind of just the thing to do. Yeah, that's just kind of, I mean, I wasn't planning on getting out of the military at that four year mark. Um, you know, that I had a car accident, unfortunately, that um, kind of changed things a little bit. I, you know, I had an injury that kind of inhibited my passing our physical training tests for a while there. Um, so that's when I kind of had to figure out, okay, well, what do I, what do I want to do besides the military? Um, so that's kind of when I, directed my focus on um, working in the medical field and working in surgery is what I went with. You mentioned this car accident twice. So I just want to dig, dig deeper into it if I can. What did, was this like a like really bad crash or was like, or was it just something that was just like, nah, I just broke my leg and they don't won't let me go back in. No, um, a drunk driver had hit us. Um, it was actually a few of my friends in the car um, and a drunk driver smashed right into us and I, I fractured my pelvis in like four places. So um, I have hardware holding me together and it just, that's kind of what restricted me from doing my, my running tests is I'm, I can't be a runner like I used to be. I'm slowly trying to get my courage up to start exercising again. So, <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Was everybody else okay with the accident? Yeah, my injury was actually the worst. So okay. everyone else was okay. So I've learned a lesson not to sit in the back seat and put your feet up on that foot rest or that arm rest because I was in the middle of an oh explorer in the back seat and I had my feet kind of resting on that arm rest in the front seat and that's when we got T-boned. So I don't sit like that anymore in a car ever. Jeez. Mm -hmm. Jeez. But I mean, I'm fine. I don't I don't have any. It, it was took a while for me to get back to normal. Um, but yeah, it's, you would never know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a huge pivotal moment in your life. And a lot of times, I mean, I mean, I'm, I wonder what went through your mind at this time. I mean, it was, I mean, this is kind of like where you are, you're choosing what, well, what am I going to do? You know, I mean, was it a kind of hopeless, desperate time or was it more like you just embraced it right away? So I kind of knew I wanted to do something with, the, you know, in the medical field. Cause like, that's what I did in the military too, but I just wasn't sure. I always wanted to be a nurse. That's what I always wanted to do. And I actually did go to school and I completed the first semester of nursing school. But what I really liked was being in the operating room and being right up at the surgical field with the surgeons. And as a nurse, that's, that wasn't an option. Sorry. My dog just burped in case you heard that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> excuse you, Blue. Um, so that was kind of, you know, I just, I knew what I wanted to do. And once I realized that I couldn't do what I wanted to do with a nursing degree, I went and completed my degree for surgical technology, even though they don't make nearly as much money as nurses. 
Um, that's what I truly wanted to be. I didn't want to be the nurse in the background, just getting us our supplies when we needed it. I wanted to be up there at the field next to the docks and part of that surgery and basically anticipating everything that was going to happen next in that surgery and being the best I could be basically. That's pretty cool. That's like a TV show type ER type thing. I mean, you would think you'd want a, a nurse there though, right? Isn't that an There's ER nurse? nurse? There's a nurse I mean, there, right? but they don't get to scrub into surgery though. They are the ones who are not sterile. We're scrubbed in and we're sterile. So if I need something or somebody drops something, we have to have that nurse there to get us whatever we need or answer the phone calls or all those kind of things. If we have specimens for them to take them off to the lab or whatever That's, the case yeah. is, you still have your anesthesiologist and your nurse in the room always. So it takes a, takes a team to make a surgery happen. So you get paid less, but you're kind of doing the more important thing. I mean, it's kind of like, it's, it, it, it's super important. Uh, how oh long God. did you do that? I actually was also part of our, so I worked at Children's Hospital here for about seven years. Cool. Um, I was a cardiac transplant coordinator there also. So I was part of the cardiac team. So the way that that worked was obviously, you know, unfortunately we have children that need a new heart here and everywhere you know what happens unfortunately so right. um, my and my, my team and myself i would coordinate us flying out to bring back that heart for our child here so i did oh. that also on top of scrubbing cardiac surgeries and neurosurgeries and i basically wanted to be um universal and be able to do every kind of surgery possible because i wanted to know it all i'm not gonna lie like i had such an interest in it and i was at children's hospital which is a teaching hospital so we always had medical students, residents, fellows, everybody scrubbed in. So I learned basically everything that they were learning, which wow. was, you know, pretty crazy. And to the point where the doctors would be like, Corey, can you stop asking questions? You know, I'd be like, well, I know they have the same question. So I'm just asking it. And I, you want me to be better at my job then I want to know why you're doing it this way. You right. Know, so. I mean, and the patient's like knocked out. It's not like they're like listening to you and you're kind of just like, I mean, it's like, what are these people really having a question about me? You know, I mean, what yeah. do they, can you imagine? I mean, somebody consciously listening to that, arguing, arguing over you, basically like in a coma. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so, I mean, that sounds awesome. It sounds like, I mean, and then you, I mean, let's end the story now. And then you sailed away into the sunset and it was just, and you lived happily ever after. Uh, almost. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, right? I mean, like, I mean, this is what you love. You, you like, you're, you're doing, and you're doing it. And I mean, it seems like it's like a super cool thing. I just like, I, I don't know. For not a lot of people in our industry, in um, mortgage, real estate, finance, uh, financial planning, they're not. I don't know. They didn't set out to do that. They like, there wasn't like a, a first love, and then like, and then they got into it. Yeah. What uh, I guess, what made you stop loving that job? Uh, I, I always will love it. Um, I feel like just places and they change, things change, you know, and yeah. I feel like I had absolutely the best years, you know, at that, that job and how it was then was amazing. I met some of the most amazing people. I love the doctors that I worked with. Um, they were every single one of them. Just, I can call them friends, you know, to this day, I can still reach out to them. Um, actually one of my really good friends, Aaliyah Fox, she was a fellow there at, for her fellowship. And now she opened up H2O IV um, therapy. So she has these really cool spots where I can go see her and still go get 
keep myself hydrated and go see her for an IV here and there because she works and she has this amazing company that she opened. So I have really lifelong friends from that, that career. So that, that's neat. HCO, that's the place where you get an IV of like whatever, like there's a bunch of different things that you can get an IV yeah. of. That just yeah. like gives you a remedy or whatever. Is it like, like you have, there's like hangover cures. There's like all sorts of stuff. Yeah, but so it's actually run by an anesthesiologist. So it's not okay. just a phlebotomist who knows how to put in an IV. So <laughs> if you actually have really bad symptoms and you're really sick, they'll come to your house and bring you IVs also. So instead oh, wow. of people who don't have insurance or something, you know, it's to go to the hospital that can cost you a few thousand dollars versus a couple hundred. So, huh. and it's, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing. So I actually, I try and go about once a month is what oh. I'm doing especially in the winter because I can go and get, you know, some extra vitamin D, which is important. So. Well, right. I mean, but that's just, that's really cool. Um, so it, what was your pivotal moment in, in actually, before I say that, what was um, the most craziest surgery you've ever been a part of? <sighs> wow. Okay. So kind of like you just said, like how come surgical techs made less than nurses, right? Well, here's a prime example. So I did a lot of cardiac surgery and the shift that I worked was like an 11 to seven shift. So I was kind of a break person. So I let people out for lunch. So I would jump into a room for 45 minutes, an hour and jump out. So that's why I needed to be really good at every surgery, every service, right. you know, neurology, general urology, you, you name it. So it was a general surgery day and I can't obviously go into too many details, but it was a procedure for a nuss bar removal. And if you know what a nuss bar is, it's basically when your, your sternum is kind of concaved. It's like in, dipped in, like if everyone knows uh, the swimmer Phelps, he's kind of got one, like okay. where his chest is caved yeah. in like that. So what they can do is they can put a bar that they secure on the side of your ribs and they tunnel it underneath your sternum and it pops your sternum out. Oh my God, so, that sounds like, that sounds so painful. That sounds terrifying pretty crazy. Yeah. So we were removing one of those from a, a teenager and it had basically grown into the heart and they didn't really realize it to the capacity that it was. So I was a break person for that scrub in that room who wasn't very comfortable with cardiac surgery. And before I know it, I hear my name on the loudspeaker, get to this room stat and I walk in and there's blood on the ceiling and it's, you know, thumb in, in the aorta and we got to get this kid on life support basically to save his life. So that's kind of where the role comes in where you're like, well, how come surgical techs didn't make as much as nurses? Well, I'm not really sure. So hopefully someone hears this and pays them more because the second I walked in that room, I knew that there was a perfusionist running the cell saver so they could recirculate this child's blood already. And I said to her, I said, we need an ECMO machine and I need an ECMO cart, which is basically what we use to put people on life support. Um, and we had that kid on life support in about six minutes. So we saved his life, but the nurse didn't know what to ask for. You know what I mean? Like they don't know the things that we needed or, or whatever the case. So it was really cool though, because that surgeon recognized my role and stepping in and me and the fellow, the general surgery fellow that was in there. And then my cardiac team that was all of a sudden in there could see how we all worked so well together to get this done really fast. Um, and he told me every time that kid was extubated, he was up and walking, he's going home today. And it was pretty, pretty crazy. So I wow. would say it's, it's between that one and a case 
that I worked when I was on call that happened probably about, I don't know how many years ago now, it was a little girl who was walking with her grandmother and somebody in the neighborhood was shooting bow and arrows and she got shot with an arrow right through her abdomen. Oh my God. So we had to, that got removed and I was on call for that one. I actually didn't scrub that case, but I was there for it. And that was probably the other craziest one that I saw, but yeah, it's a lot of things that honestly you wish you could unsee. Yeah, I couldn't, I, I couldn't unsee that. I would like, I, I mean, I'm sure that there's more stories too. I mean, of, of things that you've, you've seen. I mean, I'm sure that there's car accidents. There's all sorts of stuff like that. Shooting but, in the middle of the day that you wouldn't expect, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's an eye opener. That's for yeah. sure. Lots of, you really start to realize how lucky you were as a child when you see what the things that are happening to children that they don't choose to happen to them. So it was pretty difficult at times also. So, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a passion of yours. It's something that you love, but I mean, also it it, it is wearing. I mean, it's something that, I mean, it, I mean, do people do it forever or, or do yeah. people eventually just be done? No, a lot of the people still work there. I mean, you have to, you know, I just, yeah. I started working. So what happened for me was um, one of my really good friends owned her own brokerage. I kind of started just helping out in the office and, you know, realizing how much these agents were making selling houses. And I realized, wow, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not, not stupid. You know, I'm kind of smart. I think I could, I kind of like seeing checks for that much money. You know, I'm, I was working week long call, you know, for the cardiac transplant team, it was a whole week of call straight. So there was sometimes my longest shift I ever worked was over 35 hours straight. And I didn't know what day it was, what my name, I'm like, this is rough, you know, and it was, it was pretty crazy. So I kind of started to phase that out. Um, slowly though, I, I didn't even let go of the medical field until I was in it in real estate for about three years. Um, cause that's when I, I was doing a call position that I did, um, tissue recovery for an organ and tissue recovery for the donor network, basically. So okay. I traveled all over Wisconsin doing that basically as a call position while I was doing real estate full time. That's really nuts. I mean, because it's hard, that's, that's it's gotta be almost impossible to, to do that real estate wise. I mean, lucky it was back then if it was right now, you know, where houses sell a second that they're listed. I mean, never would have been able to do it. You would have had to transition a lot, a lot quicker. Was, uh, I guess, was that an easy transition? And did you, I mean, what, uh, what eventually made you let it go? It actually was a pretty easy transition. So before I did, um, the medical field, I was actually a server. I waitressed for many, many years and made a lot of good cash, you know, doing that while I was in college. So, um, all the, the level of multitasking and then, you know, just, and then being in surgery and always, always listening. Like when people don't think I hear you, you better believe I heard you. Cause I'm used to having to listen to, you know, pulse ox beeps and all the different sounds and surgery and everything possible. So I'm always yeah. listening. Um, and I feel like it just kind of went hand in hand with real estate with, um, being able to multitask. Cause if you can't do that, then you're not going to not going to make it in this industry and you have to have tough skin too. So I think that helped also because it can be a little I mean, bit brutal. I mean, and I, I hear blue or um, yeah, blue that wants uh, some attention. It's really funny. I'm um, kind of playing tug. If you're wondering what I'm doing, no, I'm tugging a toy on the meantime here trying to make that's it. That's so happen. funny. Hey, hey, blue, we're on a podcast. Okay. 
And it's the Get It Done podcast. This is a big deal, all right? We want to be part of it, so I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> no, that's that, that's funny. But, I mean, truly, though, to go into real estate, though, to kind of transition back is like, I mean, here, look, you're literally saving a kid with blood on the ceiling, an 18-year-old kid, and somebody getting, you know, an arrow shot through their abdomen, you know, in an emergency room, mm -hmm. like, legitimate life-and-death situation. Yeah. Of course, like, it's it's got to make this so much easier because like every, you know, how people react in this industry too. Yeah. If you move yeah. to closing back one day, you might as well have said that like it, they react like it's a, a kid going through that type of an experience. I mean, it's just like, that's, that's what happens. But like, you're just sitting there totally numb to it. Like, no, this is normal. We got this. Yeah. Not a big deal. Yeah. yeah, no. And I actually did have, I put up a post on my Facebook not too long ago that had a story about um, tissue or organ donation is what it was. And one of the, a broker that from a different brokerage actually commented and she said, oh my gosh, that had to be so much more stressful than real estate. And I said, actually, no, it wasn't. <laughs> You'd really say that? I mean, it seems like, just like the things you can't unsee, you know? Yeah. I, think, I think in real estate, you kind of get, I don't know. It's not the right word to say this. It's like, you don't get cold to it. It's not really the right thing, but I think you just get so used to it. That's just like, it just becomes just, I don't know. I feel like I can turn it off, but that's after a really long time, a really, really long time it takes before you can do that. But I guess, I don't know. Was it like that for you? Just, I mean, you're just going balls to the wall is what it seems like. And then what, what, what ended it completely? Like when were you done with the organ donations? Uh, because I was working almost every other night, all nighters, like through yeah, the I night. Bet. So it was like, it was started to get way too tiring for me. I couldn't do it as I was getting busier with real estate. I, I just, I couldn't, it, it was only 10 ships a month that I had to take for call for that place. But, um, it was, it turned out to be, it felt like almost every other day that I was working yeah. all nighters because you're working a whole night and then I would go straight to working real estate on no sleep, or I was still working at a surgery center for a little bit too. So I had probably like three jobs at one point. Um, so I really didn't know if I was coming or going. And I was like, okay, this is probably not the healthiest thing for me right now. Um, so I had to let go of the medical field and, uh, and it was, it was, it was time. It was, it felt right. It didn't feel like I was leaving, you know, with, unfinished an unfinished chapter i felt really good about it um and i actually did end up doing a medical mission trip two years ago three years ago now and this was years after i had even scrubbed in surgery but i still had that opportunity so i was definitely the only realtor there <laughs> yeah i, I can um, only imagine well yeah, that's yeah, a good but, networking event if you think about it oh, I mean, totally absolutely <laughs> you know i went i actually i went to honduras with um an awesome ortho team here um, uh, Dr. Evanick, he's amazing. Him and his crew, we went down there and we did uh, a whole week in Honduras and we did 60 total hips and total knees in five days. So oh it was pretty cool though. It was a really, really great experience to see how obviously lucky we are here for even having a roof over our head and having water and electricity and you know, an actual house. So, um, right. it was very, very eye-opening to see how people were living there. And it made me very humble for everything that I have here and our opportunities that we have here. A lot of people don't really realize they just take it for granted. 
I mean, for sure, for sure. Um, in, in, I want to transition uh, yeah. to really your real estate career. I, I would, do you help a lot of veterans? Is that, is that safe to say that you help a lot of veterans or do you, do you have like a, a niche in, in, in veterans in, in, in real estate or, or not so much? You just help everybody. So I do help everybody. I do work with a lot of veterans though, for sure. I am currently, I just finished my military, um, it's called the MRP. So I'll have that designation with me. I just have to take the final test and then I'll be able to do some more with, with veterans. Um, but I've done a lot of, of veteran loans. I'm real comfortable with working with them and I hope to tap kind of more into that, that market and become more actively, um, just working more with veterans, you know, that's, that's kind of my goal also. I, we really love working with veterans too, with, um, with having one on our team too. It just makes it like a, kind of like a, I don't know, just makes it kind of a layup, but it's just easier. It just, everybody can work. Mm -hmm. it, it just makes everybody feel better. Uh, yeah. Why are you a realtor, Corey Talaska? Well, um, so I, I just, I love, I love, love, love helping families find their, their new home. I, I like, I love working with first time home buyers. It doesn't, I mean, it honestly doesn't matter. I love working with anybody that, you know, is happy in life and like is, is looking for like, it's just kind of like a challenge. You know, they say, oh, I really want this, this, and this, I don't want this, this, and this. And I'm like, okay, how am I going to find this perfect house? You know, and it was, it wasn't as hard then a few years ago as it is now with how the market is. Right. Um, because now it's, you know, it's a crazy seller's market and you're trying to win crazy bidding wars and all these, these offers that I'm writing with my buyers when there's like a stack of offers, it's like, what can I do to stand out a little bit? You know, and first of all, that's building relationships with other realtors, whether they're in your organization or not, you always just want to, I don't know, put your best foot forward and treat. I always learn to treat people the way I want to be treated. So, um, I think that's really important in this industry also, because there's a good chance you're going to work with a lot of these agents more than once. So, you know, right. Well, I mean, I mean, yes and no, I truthfully, like some of them are just like, you know, that they're not selling nothing and they're just like the biggest problem on a, on a transaction. But also, I mean, yeah, you're right. You want to, it's, it's about your reputation. It's about, you know, what are people, other people saying about you and did they have a good experience or not? And you know, all that, all that type of stuff. Um, yeah. I want to be super respectful of your time, Corey. And uh, I, there's a few questions that we ask everybody uh, that yeah. comes on. Bring it. And I'm bringing, bringing it. So the first is, do you feel like you ever had a big break? A big what? A big break. A big break. In real estate? I don't know, just in general. Did you have a big break ever in your life? Like, are we talking about a bad break or? No, like a big break. Like you got, you made it. It was a big thing. Like you got this big, huge thing, like a gift given to you by, by, by God himself, a big break. All right. Um, yeah, I would say that, uh, that I can give that recognition right there to my business partners for um, basically when I left my old brokerage, it was a really hard decision and I was going to go to, um, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew I needed to make a change because I wasn't happy. I knew I wanted to get out of my own backyard and not be in Wisconsin forever because I don't like winter. And um, 
I just happened to have somebody that just kept kind of reaching out to me very persistently. Thank God. Um, I call him my favorite stalker. He's been on your show. Um, Who is it? Good old Jesse Garcia and Lisa Marie Franco Garcia. Those are my people. And I'm so blessed to have them in my life. Um, So you go through things and everyone, you know, everything happens for a reason. And my transition and I lost a lot when I transitioned, I lost a family basically. Um, and it was really, really hard for sure. But I would say that my big break, I had it this year when I realized that I was growing, I grew, I worked so hard and I had my head down and I just kept working and I didn't realize how far I had come until here we are in this crazy 2020. And all of a sudden my partners and I are opening up a new office and renovating it. And now I'm not the licensed assistant anymore because I was a licensed assistant to my old broker for about two years and her life was my life. And I didn't want that anymore. I said this, I want my right. own life. I want my own right. career. And now I have my own assistant, my own licensed assistant that I pay. And I think that to me was like, all of a sudden I was like, holy shit, when did I get here? You know, because right. I was working so hard and I was so focused. I didn't realize I even got to where I was because I was literally in the zone just going, going, going. And once I came up to breathe, I just kind of had this like epiphany, like, wow, I, I didn't, here I am, you know, 10 million, over 10 million in sales. I think it's about 55 homes I sold this year as a single agent. So, and honestly, I would have never been able to do that at the other brokers I was at. I just, it wasn't, the opportunities just weren't there. So even though it was a really hard decision and it, it definitely was, painful. I can tell you it's, I lost a lot. Um, I lost a lot of people I never thought I would lose is kind of more what it is. Um, but at the same time, I, I couldn't be more grateful for the opportunity that was given to me. And now my future, you know, is way different than I ever had imagined it to be just because of a really simple change, but a really hard decision. Um, so I, I'm real happy about that. So I think it's just, it's kind of still happening. I should say, um, we'll be opening up our new location in you know, a few, just hopefully in, in the next month. So, um, really excited about it. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, that's, that's really cool. So, I mean, really the, if you have to put it on one thing, it's, Hey, somebody being persistent with you and just pushing you to finally, you know, rip the bandaid off and yep, it's going to suck. Transitions always suck. And just like it, it, in our industry, it just, it's just epic, terrible. Like it's just the worst, Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but you have to do it to get to that better place. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah. And, and you did it. Yeah. And it was almost just like having somebody believing in me again. And I didn't even know that they, I hadn't even met these people and the level of respect and love that they had before it was almost like it was the perfect match when we did get together. You know, we, we instantly knew these are my people, you know, like, and we're going to grow and people are, no one can stop us. You know, like this, right. it's, you know, sky's the limit, whatever's after the sky, you know, like galaxy's the limit. I mean, it's, we're coming. So, and no one's going to stop what we've got going on. So I mean, we're really excited. I think I talked to Jesse for like three hours the first time I ever did talk to him. We just like started talking. We just like did you get went. any words in? 
Uh, yeah, of course I did. I'm Come totally on. kidding. I can just see you guys both talking and not listening. Like, blah, 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 I know. Blah. I would. I would feel bad for everybody I know around us. You're exactly right. Because yeah. I mean, and I try to. Actually, I don't know. I try. I've gotten better with it because I. I listen on the podcast. I'm asking questions. You see? know, as opposed Good to. Job. But um, but no, I mean, he is such an inspirational dude. I mean, he's just like he's walking, talking, breathing, personal development, you know, encouragement, you know, and he's just who I rock. And it's just it, he's fun to be around. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. He's like Was the there... definition of the fortune is in the follow up. Blue. No. Sorry. She's trashing a toy. All right. Well, that's a perfect transition and segue to the next, <laughs> next question. <laughs> like, where is she eating? No, it's fine. Was there ever a time you thought about giving up? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, probably about two years ago when I was, before I had heard of eXp, I was like, do I want to get my broker's license? Do I want to open my own brokerage? Let me just take this away from the dog. Hold on one second. All right. <laughs> I don't know. It's part of a toy. It's fine. We got it. Okay. That's so, that, that's so that. funny. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't even remember what I was saying. Sorry about that. It, it's all right. I can honestly, I can just give the question again and let's just do it again. So was there okay. ever a time you thought about giving up? And I was taking notes. You, you said two years ago before you even knew about EXP. Take yeah, it was either, am I going to go back to a job in the medical field? Um, because yes, I had that to always fall back on. Thank God. You know, that was, you know, I have, I have a degree, so I'm still right. still got that at least as a down as a, a you know a backup plan. But um, yeah, I had thought about that. I was like, I don't know, maybe I just I'm not going to do real estate because unfortunately my whole database was swiped out for me, and I didn't have anything, and it was it was tough. So I was ready to throw in the towel, absolutely, on real estate at that point. Um, it, it crossed my mind. Was I going to? move forward in this crazy industry or was I going to go back to working in surgery? But my passion was working with children in surgery and, you know, there's not a lot of options here. So I was like, you know what? And then all of a sudden my phone rings and here we go. I had a meeting with, you know, my people. And once I heard everything that it had to offer, you know, it was, I didn't, I didn't think twice. So, and I've been able to completely double my volume my production has doubled um, easily and everyone can just see it. You know, my friends and a lot of people can just see the difference in me versus when I was, you know, a few years ago, not at EXP and the struggles they were, it was very different, very, very I mean, different. You're going on vacation to Florida, you know, I mean, you're out there having a ball. You're, you know, you're, you're just, you're, you're radiating, you know, happiness, which is ultimately what, what everybody's after. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what I, I don't want to. That's what I love about this this brokerage, though, that I'm with is I can hang my license in any other state, you know, and still work under the one brokerage. So I don't have to stay here. You know, I, I'm not stuck with one umbrella. Basically, it's I can just go, which is what I love to do, especially now that we can kind of travel again and get out of now that the world is slowly going back to normal. Right. Um, you know, that's that's kind of my goal is to grab some more license, like real estate license in warmer States. Why not? Cool. Mm -hmm. If you were to do it all over again, what would you change? Hmm. 
I guess I, I don't think I would, I wouldn't want to change anything because I wouldn't be where I am now. Um, if things were different, I wouldn't have gone through those terrible struggles. Um, I wouldn't have gone through all those things to make me the person that I am today and to be now surrounded by the people that I am surrounded with and the opportunities just to grow every day is really important to me and just to keep learning. Um, so I don't think, I, don't, I wouldn't really change anything because then I wouldn't be here talking to you. I mean, I really love it. Everybody answers this question differently and it's always just like, it's just, there's no right or wrong answer to this. You could say, you know, yes or no, but um, ultimately everybody has just their own why for it and it's just, it's cool to, to hear yours. Yeah, I, um, my, no. my main goal, Jim, is, is literally I want to I wanna take care of my family. My parents worked really hard, um, you know, their whole lives. And I just, they're, they're my why. I want to make sure that they're okay. So, you know, that they don't have to worry about their mortgage payments and things like that. So it won't be long and I'll be taking care of them and they're going to be set and not have to, anything to worry about. To follow that up, I, I have to ask, that's really important to you. Why is that important to you? My family. Taking care of your family. Um, because I know that they really struggled to give me and my brother even taking, giving us the, the education that they gave us. Like that was probably the best right. thing they ever did for us. And, you know, we didn't have money really besides that. And I know that was not easy for that to happen. Um, so I just feel like that it's my duty to take care of them now. I mean, they took care of me and I want to, I just don't want them to stress because this world is so full of stress already. The last thing I want them to worry about is money, you know, cause it's right. it is a really stressful factor in life. And I stressed about it for many, many years. And I can tell you that thanks to EXP, I, I don't now. And I never thought I would be able to say that, you know, and it's, it's a really, really good humbling feeling though, to be where I'm at right now. It's it, powerful words to say. Yeah. All right. So to the, to set up this, the, the last question is, you know, to the, you know, little, little Corey, little girl growing up in West Dallas, she's you no, know, maybe she's going to private school, maybe not. Um, you know, maybe she wants to be a, a medic, maybe, you know, wants to go into military. Uh, what advice would you give to someone looking to get it done? I would say it's really important to always be open-minded and always be willing to learn, um, be always open to just new things and change. Like, don't be afraid of change. Yes, it's super scary, but I feel like if you're closed off and you think you know everything, you're going to be, it's going to be a real rude awakening, you know? And I feel like there's just so much room for growth everywhere you look and to better yourself. Um, I would just say it's just real important to just be really open-minded and just open to learning nonstop. You know, if someone or like even like constructive criticism, like you can tell me, like, I like to ask agents, is there anything I could have done better throughout this transaction, you know, or something you didn't like, because I want to learn. I always want to better myself or I don't know. I just feel like it's, you should just never stop growing basically. That's great advice. I mean, it's super real and it, that's tough to do. Do you really, you really ask an agent that what could I have done better? Yeah, I have. <laughs> do you, do you, I have to ask, do you ever get there's like the worst responses to that or do you ever get like actual real constructive criticism? No, I get constructive criticism. Usually it's, it's, I, I kind of recently started doing it. I used to do this more in the beginning and then it got kind of busy and thrown to the back burner, but um, I've been working on it a little bit more and, cool. you know, working on rebranding myself and everything. So 
Yeah, no, I think that that's great because I would want to know if I, you know, if I did something wrong or if I can do something better, tell me and I will gladly work on it, you know, because I think that's important. It's a great attitude to have at our, our industry and, you mm-hmm. know, something that's definitely uh, a lacking. Uh, all right. Uh, beautiful. Well, I want to thank everyone for joining us. I want to especially thank Corey Talaska. And uh, to anybody that's looking to get in touch with you, Corey, what would be the best way for them to connect? Uh, well, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, my Facebook page is Corey Talaska, you know, C-O-R-Y, keep it simple. And then Talaska, it's Alaska with a T. Alaska. Um, and, or you can go on my website, CoreyTalaska.com. You can call me directly. You can email me at closedwithcory at gmail. I mean, take your pick. You can reach out anytime. Or if you're interested in hearing more about, you know, our brokerage, I'd love to tell you some more too. So absolutely. Beautiful. And I, we're going to include uh, links to all that in, uh, in the podcast links on Spotify and Apple podcasts and uh, great. Well, this has been the Get It Done podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And if you want to support the show, if you like what you heard, please tell a friend, write a five-star review, hit that subscribe button. All those things help make us make a huge difference in helping us reach more people. Corey, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Jimmy. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.